We the bestest cast with the left twist. Fat, fairly well dressed. Put me on the guest list. The guest list. Uh, yeah, on the guest list. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another week of On the Guest List with Box Trot and the Get Down, White Sox, Dave, Kenny Carkeet, and Dante. Dante is in Nashville right now. He was at a fundraiser with Luke Bryan and Tim Tebow last night, so he's uh, sitting this week out. So we had to bring in a co-host this week. Our first repeat guest, the new host of Tuna on Toast with Stryker. Motherfucking Ted Stryker in the building, ladies and gentlemen. How are we, Ted? Uh, I'm doing great, but... Listen, I know your podcast. I've watched it slash listened to it. If I'm the old, if I'm the first repeat guest, man, your other guests must stink because I am <laughs> less than a Z-lister. Get the fuck out of here, dude. <laughs> no, listen, we have you on for a very specific reason because we have a bone to pick actually at this point because you're competition now. You've entered <laughs> our world, dog. Techni technically, you are. That technically, is you are. Like, first off, how does it feel to finally get me and you have been talking about you getting into the podcast game for a while now? Like, how does it feel to pull the trigger and see the reaction thus far? Oh, man. It feels really really good to get any sort of reaction to anything because as you guys know no matter what you're doing it is hard to get people to really really give a damn and if they care about you for 10 minutes one week because maybe you had something great on instagram or talk to john cusack or something you have to keep their <laughs> you have to keep their attention week after week after week but to answer to the the big answer is it feels really really great uh, i'm grateful as well now, you said you want to get a reaction. I assume that means negative reactions, too, because that's 90% of the podcasting game is negative reaction. What is the best mean tweet or comment or Instagram <laughs> post? Anybody tell you to just, you know, fist yourself or anything good? <laughs> I got a comment yesterday that said, that's Ted Stryker? He looks like he should be hosting a cooking show on the Hallmark <laughs> Channel. <laughs> it's it's the really specific ones oh, that man. always cut the deepest. Like so that, man. I would have been like losing sleep over. Well, I Googled <laughs> Hallmark Channel, and I know they do all the movies and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But I wanted to see if they had any talk shows on there or cooking shows because <laughs> I wanted to see what everyone looks like. I guess he was saying I look very homely and simple or something, but... <laughs> Hey, at least he was listening and watching. Well, That's all, all that matters. Channel could just be something as simple as white. He looks. Yeah, like yeah, th yeah. That's what I was gonna say. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah, the comment literally could have said like, "Yo, Ted's looking especially white today." <laughs> <laughs> Dude, but you've been, you've been fucking killing it. I mean, your first guests are Tom Morello, Tom DeLonge. I saw that. Yep, Phineas. Yeah. And then who's tomorrow? You have another giant one tomorrow, don't you? Tomorrow's Mike Shinoda. Mike Shinoda is oh, tomorrow. We did, sweet man. Thanks, Jesus you guys. Christ. But Colin, you said something in the beginning. You're like, we got a bone to pick. It's competition. What I have found, and I don't know if you guys have found this as well. I feel like, like life is a competition, all that. But everyone that's in the podcasting game knows that it's hard to get some traction going. So someone who does a podcast over here is supporting the one over there. You guys having me on, you're supporting me. I would love to have you on mine as well. And it's just this whole circle of like, let's just support. We're all somewhat independent artists out there. Let's just try to pump each other up here. 100%. I, I like mean, it. I will say Dave's in a very competitive situation because most of the world is gunning for Barstool. They all they all want what you guys have, including myself, and they're going to fucking get it one way or another. So, like, you deal with more shit than anybody, Dave. Yeah. Uh, you develop thick skin, I guess. 
I mean, the New York, even the New York Post is so, coming for you, dog. <laughs> I have I have a friend in Chicago media. Her name is Layla Rahimi. I've become pretty close with her over the last five-ish years. Awesome, awesome, awesome human being. And she texted me randomly. I, I talk to her like every few months outside the internet. But um, she texted me randomly when all the Q-Sex shit was happening. She's like, I don't know how you deal with all these mean comments. And I'm like, and I, it was so overwhelming and moving so fast, that whole situation. That I did. I thought everybody was like on my side. And then I like I went to the fucking in, main Instagram post and I was getting unmercifully dragged. Filthy boy. And a lot of the time I was laughing at all the shit they were saying, like this fucking fat midget. Like, uh, <laughs> like he doesn't speak for White Sox fans. And I'm just like, I mean, I am a fat midget. So <laughs> like, nice try. <laughs> yeah, my God. I mean, Ted, you're probably not getting that level of like shit on you, but like we have to bring this up because this is something I was talking to you about. Like, I've known you now for like two years. You were you were nice enough to spin my shit. Kenny's known you for probably like 10 at this point. Oh, yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it feels like people have followed you post your radio career. Cause like obviously we haven't had you on, we had you on right before you left K-Rock. And yeah. now you're this free agent who's out here doing this shit. Like is it liberating in any perspective? I don't want to like have you speak out of turn, but like just a different medium. Like, is it liberating? The whole thing is liberating. The whole thing is, okay, I put, I was on the radio for a total of 28 years, 22 of them. Uh, K-Rock was my home syndicated for eight or nine. And over that amount of time, there were at least 50 separate occasions where I said, what the hell am I doing? Why am <laughs> mm -hmm. I, what is this radio thing? No one cares. This is so stupid everything I'm doing on the radio, it's not, it means nothing. And then there's some days you're like, oh man, maybe I have a little bit of skill. And then it came, then I got myself free, did the podcast. And it just, I got the chills and goosebumps many times when a, a good amount of people have followed me to this new endeavor and I can see the numbers and the YouTube and all that kind of stuff. And it's, uh, oh, man, like it, it does. It feels, it feels nice. As it, as it should, man. I, uh, Here's a big one, just straight up your own ass. Like, Stryker, you've always been one of those people that everybody in the industry loves and respects and would do anything for. Like, we all, we know the same people in the industry. And there's some people like that. And there's a lot of people that aren't like that. And you've just always been one of those guys that, like, everybody backs. And for good fucking reason. My next question I wanted to ask you, coming from Terrestrial... Do you, is it on its way out? Is it tough with like centralized programming and you know iHeart stations and all that stuff? I know that's a big, big dig, but it's a great, great, great question. I, I mean, I believe that there are some, not all, but some of the higher ups in the radio companies are not giving enough freedom and respect to the talent they have yeah, because yeah. there are people that work in radio that are so effing talented. You got, they are so they're 50 times better than me and the company holds them back. And it just, it gets, it can be really, really frustrating for the talent in the building because they're of, yes, it's a job, but it's a job that you can have fun at. And if the mm -hmm. company is doing, putting so many restrictions on you that you can't have fun, like what's the point of yeah. doing all this? The audience is going to know you're not having fun. Yeah, going. I, go ahead, Kenny. I've always found. Um, tell me if this is an accurate number. Um, in my experience with radio, fifty percent of the people at radio love music and will stick their neck out for music they believe in, and the other fifty percent want to go to dinner out of out of town. <laughs> kind of, and that's kind of like the the half that I kind of felt like I've come across. Yeah, I think um, being in Los Angeles, 
the number is much, much higher for people that are really into the music, love the bands, and love seeing bands succeed. There's yep. something really cool when you're very early on a band and you go see and play at the Roxy and there's 80 people there. And two years later, they're selling out the former Staples Center in Los mm -hmm. Angeles. Yep. You're like, Man, I was there. I liked them. I'm backing them. Look at these guys go. Guys, girls go from this all the way to that. I think out here, people, a uh, huge majority are into the music and they like seeing the bands uh, succeed. Yeah, See, awesome. Ted, you, something that Kenny brought up is where pe people love you. But the, the reason why, like, especially like me as a, an artist who's doing it himself and like we're coming up. I've always said this about you. You never had a reason to be nice to me. You never had a reason. There's nothing that Colin Budney could give Ted Stryker that I could ever influence your life in any perspective. You're always someone who's looking out for bands, always looking out for bands. And you're one of the few people left who are like that. Like, I don't have a reason to do this. I'm not getting anything off the back end. You just are a supportive dude. And we appreciate that. Thank you. Thanks for saying that. I, the way that I look at everything in life is, I mean, I've had a lot of things very easy for me, but I understand how hard it is to get from one point in life to another if you want to succeed. Mm. And as I said before, it's hard to get people to care. There are so I've seen so many talented bands for a variety of reasons who I thought were A++. Mm. It could have been addiction. It could have been bad management. It could have just been infighting about money. I write the songs. No, I want the credit. Let's split it five ways. No, we're going to do it 20%. And they just fall by the way. It's just... And for comedians, writers, producers. So it's just really, really hard. So if I can do anything I can to help someone get to whatever level they want to get to, I want to do that. And I think everyone, if possible, should hopefully understand there is enough room for everybody to do well. Yeah. Right. I, you guys can mm -hmm. do great. Hopefully I can do okay. This band can do great. And that other one can do awesome. I mean, Dave, you're kind of in the same boat for me because once again, this is another situation. I don't mean to kiss your ass or anything like that, but you're another person. Kenny, you too. All three of you guys. I don't know if like I am somehow like like uh, devaluing my own worth here, but like none of you guys ever had a reason. Like I, you just jumped on board with some wild ass bullshit I was going with. Like you've all been fucking supportive and I pr I don't know how I got to this point in the conversation where I'm like, I love you guys, man. Well, Thank you. We're talking about people like Ted who recognize talent and will do what they can for yeah. who they, who they appreciate and love. And that's kind of what's sad about watching the trajectory of terrestrial because we've lost yeah. greats like Stryker and Wendy Rollins, Wendy Rollins, like, you know, like a whole bunch of people that would actually, you would send them music with no expectations. If they like it, they play it. If they don't, they don't. But you still mm -hmm. had that opportunity there as opposed to some fuckface in Kansas City who like won't even take your email. And you're like, well, then what's right. the point, you know? Yeah. Uh, well, before we move on anywhere, Ted, because Ted's going to be here co-hosting the entire episode. Before we move on, Ted, I just want to like preface this by saying you caught yourself saying F. You're on podcast now. You can say fuck. You can say whatever you want, buddy. You can do you can it. I actually want to. So, have you guys watched the uh, Chappelle's special yet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I actually that I think there are some parallels to what Ted was starting to talk about. Like, so Dave Chappelle, I, I've I haven't I've seen the special. Um, I haven't seen Dante was at uh, his thing in Nashville last night. Yeah, him. And I wrote Rudy. his entire thing on it, and then Chappelle himself just a couple hours ago posted on Instagram. Um, it was like a five minute clip or so. That was the ending monologue in his in his set. Yeah. And he's like, this, all this cancel bullshit isn't about actual like progression. It's about corporate interests and all these fucking film festivals and all these companies wanted to host my standup uh, that just got canceled. 
on on their platforms and at their events. And then once all these people started like screaming from the clouds, they all dropped me like bad habit. I had to get my voice out there. So like going off of what you said, Ted, are higher ups like neutering what you guys are allowed to talk about in fear of the backlash from the cancel community or cancel culture people? I believe that a lot of the higher ups have trust, have trust in the talent not to go in a direction that is going to potentially cause some crazy uproar. Mm-hmm. But what I do think, and listen, I enjoy big companies. I'm not like just been some independent guy like F this. A big company has been, a few have been great to me in my whole career, but I think there is like this over management happening, mm. kind of like over coaching in sports where it gets the talent so tight. Like you got to do this, yep. this, just chill back, let the talent play, let them do their thing and reap the rewards from that. And if something bad happens from that, then you tackle it at that point. You can't there just you be like, oh, pussy footing around. <laughs> let, For them sure. do, let them do what you brought them there to do in the first place. A hundred percent. And that's what's funny to me. Like you get some radio people who will come on our podcast. You see them in different places and they're fucking hilarious. Like they're Ross funny. Mahoney is the best. Ross Mahoney's a nutcase and I fucking love him. Yeah, him on, great. dude, him on this podcast. If you want to go back and listen to that, Ross was like, he was like, I got, I, Ross was like, I got nothing to lose here. I'm going to burn some bridges. And I like, during the conversation, I was like, all right. Like, yeah. He's, he's like, another, I, he's another prime example of somebody who was reachable, you know, like yeah. small bands could, could actually reach Ross and he would give him a shot. He put me and Max's small little band on a fucking Vegas festival. We had no right to be there. Like wow. we just missed those, missed those DJs, man. Ted, do you do you do you catch yourself about to say fuck on the podcast and you're like, oh my god, the dump button, where is it? Like, are you guys? It's so crazy. My more than half my life has been on the radio. And so I've been trained not to curse because it's no joke. If you curse and there's a complaint, you will get fined and most likely get fired. So in my private life, I don't curse. On the radio, I didn't curse. So now I'm attempting to curse every now and then. (laughs) We're gonna get it out of you. So far on the podcast, White Sox, Dave, I've probably said the F word four times in four shows, I think. So I'm, I'm on it's my a, way. It's improvement. All right, yeah. let's practice right now. Say uh, <laughs> bitch tits. <laughs> you do this not practice. I'm serious. <laughs> okay, <laughs> bitch tits. Uh, say cunt. No, oh, no, 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 no. Choir boy Colin over there just like cringes and like shudders every time he hears that word. I hate dude, that word, White Sox. So do man. I, dude. Yo, I when love I was, it. When it's I was so a- emphatic. It's like you fucking cunt. <laughs> when I was a kid, I said that word to my dad. I didn't know what I was like 10 and I said it. Someone had said it at school and I have a very vivid memory. I was standing on the second step of my grandma's steps. My mom took two steps, planted her feet and slapped the holy fuck out of me. And ever since then, every time I hear that word, I'm like, I go like this. Like, it's like it, Pavlov's dog. Dude, it is. Like, I <laughs> salivate, but it's 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 nuts. Like, I, I need an Australian best friend, though. And the, uh, that's, where, that's where I got it from. So my college roommate got drafted by the Red Sox, and there's two dudes that they found from New Zealand. They were brothers. Moko and Mono. Monaroa were their names. And every other word was cunt. And I thought it was hilarious. So I would say it, like, kind of as a like way to pay homage to those two random dudes from New Zealand that I'll never see again the rest of my life. And then I just started using it like regularly. 
<laughs> oh my God. Wait, I have a question for you guys. Kenny, I want to go to you because I mean, you've been in very successful bands and you are a successful musician. What is, what do you think, not just your personal take, but how do musicians view radio in 2021? Ooh, that's a great question. That, that's let me take a second. It's like he interviews people, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on. Let me let me appreciate that question. Um, here's the thing. I can put it this way. Max and I, AWOL Nation was a different thing because we had the label, we had CO5, we had the whole fucking team. Max and I started fitness on our own and funded out of pocket, and we learned quickly the radio game from being at the forefront of it, a forefront of the band. You know, Max and I spent thirty thousand dollars for a radio campaign and got two ads, right? And everything was else was specialty. And you're like, specialty is not real, really. Um, Max and I take to Twitter and DM radio stations. I get it, I Google a list, every alternative station in the country. I find their Twitter handle. I, eat, I DM each of them. I say, I don't even send them the song. You say, hey, if you would like to listen, send me an email. You send a hundred of those, you get 50 back with an email, so on and so forth. We got more radio play and more ads just reaching out ourselves Wow. And we did pain and 30 grand. Yeah. Um, but that I think leans into the some DJs love music, some DJs love the profile that it gives them. Um, but I think with I hate playlisting, but I think with play, you know, with playlisting and streaming and podcasting and all these different avenues, sync companies and all this stuff, yep. you know, it's like it's like how people can make an album, make a video, make a website, make merch all from their bedroom these days. I think they're all learning different ways to do that. So that's why there's a fear of terrestrial kind of working its way out. It's like, if I fucking hear Red Hot Chili Peppers and fucking Nickelback and, you know, Smashing Pumpkins one more fucking time, I'm going to lose my brain. But then you go to like uh, Alt Nation, mm. you know, whether that's a competition or not. And Regan, yeah. they spin a lot of new stuff. I find a lot of new stuff on there. And so Internet Radio, Adobe, and I-99 and, and these other companies yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's it's becoming a little bit of a waste of time and money and resources to go after that. But that said, how many listeners are your concert base? Are your yeah? Right? But th but then I had this argument with the fucking Congos as goddamn South Africans, um, because I was like, guys, follower count really does correlate to ticket sales. It just truly is what it is. And they it's didn't believe me. they didn't believe me. They kept believing in the radio thing. So, yeah, I, I don't I, I basically did a whole 360 into no answer besides like it's still questionable. And can know. I give can I give the other side there of like so Kenny comes from a wall, right? So he has that background of like the the big machine kind of a, a, a radio experience. I feel like for me, I'm an independent artist and we've always done it on our own. We had, we've done radio campaigns before. They were a total waste of money, complete waste of money. All the best things I've ever done have been exactly like Kenny has said. It's relationships that I've built. Mm hmm. What I've come to find out is somehow I've been like a step too slow on all of the things. Like when I thought radio was really important, it was changing the playlisting. And then when it was playlisting, playlisting got heavily gatekated. So I missed that. Like what I actually think, like from my perspective is the AAA radio stations right now, like the WXPNs and the Lightning 100s of the world are still way more accessible and they're way more likely to spin your shit. The iHearts of the world, it's gotten fucking damn near impossible because it's so centralized. So now it does, as Kenny said, it almost feels like kind of a waste of time. So, I mean, what I've, I guess, learned over the last couple of years on working on alternative radio is you need people to stay tuned in for eight minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. How do you get them to stay tuned in? 
You play the Chili Pepper song that they've heard 10,000 times. Yep. You play 1979 by Smashing Pumpkins, Smashing Pumpkins into a 21 pilot song that everyone knows the words. What happens when you want to expose, play a brand new band? Well, people don't have a lot of patience mm. in 2021, so they're going to turn your radio off. So your ratings stop right there. It's like, if we're going to lose ratings, then we got to play the hit songs 18 times a day. And that's why it's become so hard for newer bands to get the proper love they should on alternative stations. Market drivers. It's it's exactly, I mean, it's like, it's almost like there's not much that they can do uh, yeah. because I remember in an AWOL, we would get those reports of how long people would listen to our song on the radio. Or like, I know that there are reports about when people can change the station and stuff like that. And you're like, fuck, that's so broken down algorithmically. Yes. Mm -hmm. it, yes, it stinks. Um, Game of Thrones, you know, it's crazy, which is why, you know, shows like locals only right and all the other specialty shows around the country i think are beautiful and great things yeah they're sunday nights at 10 but like but now right with social media it's like okay cool i take a photo it's like what i did with locals only and fitness didn't matter what time the show was on i got the screenshot of the k-rock logo with my band's name under it yeah that's all i needed i didn't really need the listeners i just needed people who follow us to know we are on the radio it's a right. different game. It's really interesting. You know? It is, man. It's fucking crazy. And like, dude, you're even talking about like when, when you're trying to pitch playlisting, it's like, what's your skip rate? Which, like things like that. It's like, I don't fucking like, there are so many metrics we have to think about and it's nuts. But I will say to cap off that conversation, I feel like the music podcasting game is something I might actually be ahead of the game on. Cause like Ted's joined it now. I don't understand why more musicians and more people don't do this. I think, I know, I know, yeah. I know. To be fair, I think it's because everybody takes themselves too goddamn seriously and they might not have the personality to, to cut what, it. But you know what's crazy? I feel like I'm new in this podcasting world too, Ted. And like I come from the music production side of it. You're already part of the conversation with musicians, but I have found it's way easier to get a, a big named artist or band to want to just talk and have a conversation <laughs> than it is to get a feature. Then it is to fucking like, I got to impress Ted and fucking blah, blah, blah. So they spin our shit. Like there's something about the podcast world with musicians. That's really easy to do. Just conversate with, with these different bands. It's been really fun. Yeah. And if you have done your homework on the artist that you are talking to, and I don't mean having a iPad in front of you with 10,000 facts, but just in a conversational way to know, oh, your first album came out six years ago, only eight people bought it, but look what happened here when you went on tour with it. And you just, then you talk about life and how you got brought up and just spin it all around. It's a fun, easy conversation. And it's also like the podcasting game. Like I found that like so many people who come on are like, I wasn't expecting that conversation because mm -hmm. one, we're, we're musicians and we have Dave and Dante who are Barstool sports personalities. So the conversation gets into like, weird shit like Dave trying to get you to say words you shouldn't say like we you have that we have the opportunity here to like be off the cuff it's not like radio where it's like buttoned up three minutes in and out it's like right. hey so fucking tell me about life dude like where did this all come? and, and let's going, shoot the shit going back to like everybody loving Ted which is such a true statement I always found people always told me that I was the nicest person in my band and all the relationships I made was all was how I got all these people Fitz and Tyler Glenn and I got Chuck D coming in and like just be a nice person and people will respond. And it's not that hard to, you know, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, Bro, I, I've always said, like, I felt like uh, an outsider in the music industry a lot of times because we never took ourselves that seriously. And this is exactly where it was supposed to lead at the end of the day because now it's like my superpower. It's like, all right, we're just fucking guys. Dude. We're just a couple of random idiots and we fucking talk about <laughs> bullshit, dude. It's, like it's it. what it is. That's what I'm talking about. So happy to have Ted Stryker here. By the way, Ted, where the fuck did you get the name from? Ted Stryker? 
No, tuna on toast. <laughs> oh. uh, my parents gave it to me. So in Seinfeld, nothing went right for George Costanza when he ordered right. tuna on toast. That was the whole opposite. But I'm hoping the tuna on toast works out for me. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I really, really, really resonate with that entire episode. <laughs> I've woken up so many times, stared at the ceiling and just said, I'm going to start doing the opposite of every instinct, everything that my instincts told me to do. And oh I will be God. wildly successful. <laughs> and now Dave's here talking to us. So that's how, that's how it goes. I still got some work to do on it. Wait, by the way, Ted, is Ted Stryker your real name? Basically, basically my real name. Okay. I, I won't go for your full government, but like <laughs> Ted Stryker is such a cool goddamn name. Like you were born to be a radio DJ. That like, is an awesome name. Oh, can you I know, tell a crazy story real quick? I'll never yeah. just think of the word striker. I remember in AWOL, must have been like 2011, we were just starting to get radio play, 2010, somewhere around there. And you, Ted, tweeted at me on Twitter and I told burko and the whole management and they fucking flipped they're like okay we have to say this we got to do this like i remember the day that awol was like holy fucking shit strikers on board we gotta get them dude i remember when i came back from my honeymoon and i had a dm from ted because i sent ted merch in a box like and he was like hey send me the the wave to legends don't die and i was like sitting in my in-laws house with my wife we literally had our shit like in suitcases from Italy. And I was like, holy shit, Ted Stryker's going to play our stuff. And I remember somebody saying like, is that a DJ name or is that his real name? And I was like, I don't fucking know. It doesn't matter. God damn it. It's big deal. Like, shut the fuck up. Oh, that's unbelievable. Dave, why, so, are you just rolling your eyes at all this, man? Going, no, I love it. I, like, Stryker. In, the, in the conversations, I kind of bow out on it because I'm just zeroed in on the conversation. And that was one of them. Like, you, you three, you know, bouncing back perspectives that are kind of on the opposite end. It was, it was cool to listen to and, and, and learn from. So but Dave is in full on training now. Dave that actually has a guitar teacher. Now Dave's coming on stage with us we're, tomorrow. We're opening for OAR in Chicago and Dave's coming on stage. What? Yeah. OAR and friends. <laughs> OAR and friends. Come on. I, I think we might be friends. I think we might be friends in this situation. Maybe. I that don't know. Awesome, man. Yeah, well, he was supposed. We we just opened for uh, Jane's Addiction and uh, Cheap Trick in the All Spring like two weeks ago, and Dave was supposed to be there, but had last minute uh, uh, barstool business, so it got rescheduled to the OAR show in December. So watch out for fucking Dave. Yeah, that's cool as hell, man. See, like I, I was telling uh, well, I wasn't telling anybody. I was thinking about this the other day. <laughs> I think I would have been fine in front of all those people in Philly or in Jersey, wherever the show was with Jane's Addiction and the All Spring them. I would have been nervous, but I would have been fine. This is a little different because it's my people. This is on the South side and everybody knows me down there and it could like, I might get booed off stage. Like even I could put together like a slash level performance and they would boo me off stage just to like bust my balls. So level performance. I would love to see that. I already told you either way. We win, Dave, because it's good content. I mean, it's demoralizing for you, but God damn it, will the content be great? Dave, it doesn't matter whether you do good or bad. <laughs> no, I know. It's about yeah. the numbers. But exactly. No, I, People will be talking about it, so that's I think that's good, that Dave's you know? going to do great. I Any think Dave's going to do good great. press. Any press is good press. Absolutely. Striker, what did you think of the whole QSAC thing? <laughs> it gave when you saw little, it come... It gave me some anxiety, White, White Sox, Dave. It did, because... Everybody was in a very celebratory mood, mood that night, correct? 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And so this dude, John Cusack, <laughs> Such is a minding boner. his own P's and Q's, walking out of there. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, I know he's been on your list for a long time, and he's right there. And there must have been like, you had some sort of tunnel vision that was just like right <laughs> on this guy. And Dave is moving his feet like, oh, John Q. And it took a lot of guts, I got to say. And I'm glad that you actually went through with it and did it. So I give you props for that, but it gave me anxiety watching it. <laughs> I love it. Oh, Were you, I, so that was, a, okay, baseball games in the playoffs take like 18 hours to finish. It sucks at this point. They're all like five-hour games. So yeah, I was so focused on the game that I didn't even realize that tweet <laughs> went viral as it was happening. And then after the game, I so we were in a box suite, so they didn't cut off alcohol sales or anything. So I went straight from drinking at the game to drinking at the bar. I got home at like 1, 1.30 a.m. and I was fucking toasted. Because like you said, they just won. I was in a great mood. And then I saw Cusack tweeting at me and Patricia Arquette. Yeah. And I kind of fired off a few drunk tweets back at him and ended up passing out on my couch. <laughs> and the next morning at 8 a.m., I woke up to do one of our other podcasts and they're all like the, the the other guys that were hosting that show were like, holy, f like, you don't realize how big of a deal this is, do you? And now I had Twitter pulled up on a web browser and I saw my name was trending. I was like, wait, what? What the fuck is going on right now? And What's then the New York mean? Post and Edward Snowden and everybody's talking Edward about Snowden, it. Snowden, dude. Edward Snowden, the most <laughs> like polarizing human on the planet who's in hiding. Best. Yo, you should you should in on it. Jeopardy and came out of hiding just to fucking talk. Yo, to you should have tweeted him and been like, "Yo, here's my address. Come find me, pussy." Like, <laughs> exactly. Like, but no, he would have. He would have. He would have been able to if you wanted. He would have hacked your bank account, bro. Jesus, Dave, Christ. Dave. If let's just say you got to do that night over again, would you have done it the same way? Everybody on the everybody that doesn't know me or know me well thinks that I was doing that for the clicks, Eddie one of our other guys in the Chicago office out here said it exactly how it would, I could have been walking the dog down a fucking alley on a Tuesday night with zero cameras around. And I would have done that. I know 1000% because the, he's such a fucking, he's a fan of John Cusack. He's not a fan of anybody or anything else. And he had that argument all packaged and ready to go because he knew someone was going to say that to him. And it just happened to be me. And I happen to have a following behind me. So that's what he gets, but I'll, I'll put that to bed for now. Look, I love Hot Tub Time Machine, but uh, an enemy of my friend is my enemy, so that guy can come catch these hands anytime. <laughs> I love that movie. Do me too. It's a great movie, it's dude. It's so fucking funny. It's a funny. great movie. At least you can admit that. You're a big enough man to admit that it's a funny movie. I mean, I like a lot of it. I think Say Anything's a fucking perfectly cheesy romantic comedy. It's a great movie. Yeah. But I just don't appreciate his. Uh, but hat fuck toys. him. Yeah, He's exactly. Fuck that guy. Uh, let's go into some music news before we get into segments. Oh, also, by the way, we do have a pick of the week this week. We have a really interesting interview. It's a quick interview with our friend Joe P. Joe P. was also on the podcast previously, and I'm going to just say this right now. Joe P. was a member of one of my favorite bands, Deal Casino, a band that we've toured with, a really great band that was doing great things. When quarantine hit, they went their separate ways. And I talked to Joe that week. He was on the podcast, and he was like, I don't really know what's going to happen, but we'll see. He has gone on to do great things. He just signed a deal with Atlantic Records this past week and put out his debut album. So, shout out to Joe P. I cannot wait to talk about this. He's a great guy. 
he makes some of my favorite music and it's a good conversation. We'll play one of his songs at the end, but everybody's got to get familiar. I didn't know he got signed to Atlantic until I was on Instagram and Atlantic records posted a picture of his fucking face. And I was like, Oh my God. I texted him and I was like, yo, I need you on this week. He's like, say less. I'm there. Like he's, he's a good fucking Jersey kid. Great guy, great music. And we have a conversation with him to end the show, but uh, let's go into some music news real quick. Uh, so, Slow week, really slow week release-wise. Uh, the best things I can say were Swedish House Mafia and The Weeknd put out a new song. Elton John put out a song with Nicki Minaj and Young Thug. Bastille dropped a new song and Wale dropped a new album. Did anybody else see anything that grabbed them? Because I really don't have much this week. Nope. No. That would be no. the one to ask, I guess. I, I got nothing. I, I this is We go on these weeks where it's like, okay, we get Adele and, fucking all, and Young Thug mm-hmm. dropping albums, and then it's weeks where it's like, we really don't have like the biggest things I can talk about this week are Brandy Carlisle subbing in for Ed Sheeran on uh, SNL last minute. I mean, Kanye and- changed his name. Thank you. That's where I was going next. That was <laughs> yeah. next to my notes. Should, what is he? Just yay now? Yeah, He's yeah. yay. Uh, and also, I dude, him in these white people masks is one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my Ted. Have you not seen? He this was yet? who was he? He was with fucking. Number forty five's ex lawyer or whatever. Yeah, he was hanging out with Michael Cohen wearing this like, yeah. silicone white person mask. This man is, bro, he is he is just on a different plane of existence. I have no idea where he is. Kanye, can we cancel him for that, by the way? No, you can't cancel Kanye. It's impossible. He's uncancelable, dude. He's like Chappelle. Do you but, think he plans these things out weeks no. in advance? Or is it, hey, tomorrow I'm going to do this? Or he's I not think, even thinking about I think about his that. crazy plays to his benefit. Yes. yes. Oh, for he sure. Really, for really sure. nuts and does these off-the-top shits out of nowhere but we're all here for it we're talking about it have you if you guys haven't seen the masks that i'm talking about yet they're like they're like silicone masks that are like literally have you seen the movie white girls with the waynes brothers exactly what it is yes he looks like he's in white girls oh my god oh my god (laughs) and he's been wearing them in airports like could you imagine walking through lax and you're actually that's one of the only places in the world i like i could there it is look at this look at this man what the oh, fuck, man? Oh, don't make me like him even more, man. I, 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 I got no words. Like that is what I'm saying. Where it's a slow music week when that's the number one thing I have to talk about. I really didn't have much else to say. Like, there's no big festivals this week. We're kind of getting out of that segment. Like, I was wondering, Ted, did you see anything besides Kanye's silicone mask that grabbed your attention this week? Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, I think I did. Oh, uh, Paul McCartney is now never going to take a... He won't take a selfie anymore the rest of his life with a fan or sign one more autograph. What? He, he's done? He's done. He's like, every picture I take these selfies, I look horrible with a ridiculous <laughs> backdrop. And he's like, I'm tired of signing my name on the back of a receipt or these autograph hounds. It was, I think, roughly 10 years ago, Ringo Starr said he's done doing it. So Paul's been doing it for 10 years. He's like, F this, I'm done. So he's not. If you got, if you that's have what it is. It's it's the autograph hawks. They uh blue sharpies. So when when Portnoy was out in Chicago last March, it was wild. It was the first time I've ever been like with somebody that people are actively seeking out autographs for. It was kind of surreal to me. And someone showed up with a, a Patriots like mini helmet, and he signed it. And I guess he signed it shittily. Mm. His name didn't look right, I guess. And the autograph company 
like they they dress and they act like they're actually fans yeah. and then they go and resell the shit. Yeah. yeah. And he's and the autograph company like tagged him on an Instagram story saying what the fuck kind of autograph is this Portnoy? <laughs> and Portnoy's like I'm done signing autographs for anybody that can't prove to me they're an actually fan. So I I kind of yeah. get it, you know. Oh, dude, dude, imagine, anybody with a blue Sharpie, they can go straight to fucking hell. Imagine like, how oh. many autographs Paul McCartney has signed in his life. Tens like, of I would be done, too. I'd have carpal tunnel. Like, I'd be yeah. out, dude. Like, also, he's the kind of person, what is he, like, fucking 80 at this point? He doesn't have to do anything. At least. <laughs> he's, he's, he's God level. He doesn't have to do anything. I just can't wait to, be the, uh, to see the first person who walks up and Paul McCartney's like, have you not seen my statement? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll get the memo, bro. <laughs> Oh I would God. love to get that powerful one day to just say, fuck everybody. I'm done. I, mean, I would like that now. I would like for Paul McCartney to tell me to fuck myself. I think I'd be an amazing. That'd be better than an autograph. Like me walk- that on oh, loop. yeah. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah. Yeah. I'll sell that as an NFT and make way more money than I would. You know, like a million percent you would. Yeah. Uh, what are we waiting for, Kenny? Why are we not on a flight to England right now? Does he live in LA or does he live in England? <laughs> Who fucking knows, man? He's yeah, all over the place. Yeah, he's probably got a house here, house there. I was this is gonna. I was gonna say this. This would sound really bad, but I was like, Kenny, we should follow him around and just tell him have him fuck ourselves. I I, I don't want that on record as me saying I want Paul. Mc, I want to follow edit. Paul McCartney around. Yeah, edit. Uh, let's go into on the list, off the list for this week. So to go in order, we will go me, Dave, Kenny, and then Ted. Gotcha. For my on the list this week, I don't now, Dave. I want to preface this. Did Rob call you last night? Rob did call me. Yes. Okay. So then you know this story. Rob Ficarra, who is in the industry, he's been on the podcast many times. Uh, he's a front of the house engineer. He's come on to tell roadie stories. Just a great fucking guy. I got a call yesterday morning from Rob and I was like, oh God, I hope nothing bad happened. So I pick up the phone and it's, and it's Rob Ficarra. And I'm like, what's up, buddy? He's like, yo, I have to talk to you. So he was at the Greek theater doing front of the house work for the LA punk band X. Mm, yeah. So he was doing X's front of the house. Unbeknownst to him, they had a special guest that night. And it was Dave Grohl's daughter was singing lead vocals for a song. While he's mixing, he looks to his left and standing at the Greek theater's uh, mixing sound like console is Dave Grohl. Dave Grohl was standing next to Rob while he's mixing his daughter. Grohl slapped him on the ass and said, great mix, kid, and walked away. <laughs> Dave Grohl is on my list for being a real motherfucker. Also, I love that man. I love that man. That's a, I was Kenny, I was going to tell you to cover your ears. I know you're tired of Dave Grohl. Uh, well, that, uh, makes me, that makes me love him. You know what I mean? Like, God, that's cool. Just a, you know, that? nonchalant little ass smack. Hey, man, nice work. Nice mix. Awesome. That's amazing. Awesome. Job, like, a, like an open palm slap on the behind. <laughs> what if it was way too hard and Grohl was just like, do you think he? Do you think there was any any grippage? Nah, nah, nah. I think this was flat hand, bro. Now, now, what if hypothetically speaking, you were in Rob Ficarra's shoes and Dave Grohl did squeeze have grippage? Yeah, like squeezage. I thank him. I say thank you, David. I appreciate that. May I, thank story. you, sir. May I have another? Thank you, sir. May I have another? Yes. And it's your story for the next 25 years. Hey, guess Here. what oh. happened uh, yep. when I was at the Greek? Not only did Dave Grohl give me a little pat on the rear end, he got some grippage in there. <laughs> or in the other cheek, man. Yeah. No, but I will say, I've heard amazing. I've never seen his daughter perform, but apparently she's like real talent. Like, like yeah. pipes. Like, I haven't seen it yet, but uh, apparently what happened was Dave did one of his documentaries was about bands in a van and like kind of yes. like van stories and stuff like that. And X was one of the bands. And apparently his daughter loves that band. And Dave Grohl being Dave Grohl, she gets to perform at the Greek. 
Dave's such a real one, though, that I love the fact that he just goes back to the mixing board. He didn't go on stage and grab attention. He was like, I'll stand in the in the center console and just watch my daughter perform. He's a real one. I love you, David. The podcast is open. You can come whenever you want. I know you just wrote a book. Come on by. <laughs> Shiflet was already here. Shiflet was here. True. We got Foo Fighters That's here. Huge. That's like, let's awesome. go. Yeah. So, uh, Dave he was our first guest on. ever. He um, was our first guest ever. I mean, Dave Grohl, I know he is annoyingly present. Yes, he's everywhere. He's everywhere. But he's like 1,000% out of everybody on earth. It doesn't matter what realm of life or walk of life. He's on my Mount Rushmore. People I want to sit in a dive bar with, pound beer, pound the touch tunes, and just lob them questions and get like stories because he's got to have just a treasure chest. He's America's unbelievable. You know yeah. I mean? Oh, like, yeah. You're welcome, world. I've already told you this. My plan for the 2024 election is Dwayne Johnson runs for president and Dave Grohl is his running mate, running his mate. vice president. And then they run on the rock and Grohl platform. Oh, I my love it. God. What the fuck, man? Like That's the shirts sell themselves. Yes, on Earth. Rock oh, and Grohl, baby. Uh, Kenny, who's on your list? Uh, on my list uh, this week is Haunted Houses. Big spook, Ooh. dude. I went to a good one out in Thousand Oaks last or two nights ago. It's like 130 rooms, like just pure terror, horrible, like anxiety. And I hate it, but I also love it. I'm big into it. I'm actually going to Halloween Horror Nights on, on Halloween. I'm excited for that. What was that? The Kardashian household? Were you yeah, there? Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, 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 basically. It's Bruce Jenner's hangar. <laughs> hey, have you ever been to the Halloween party at the mansion? Playboy mansion? No, dude. I'm not that cool. I bet Ted Ed. Ted? I've been there in my Ted? past life a couple times in pajamas. Oh, that's, oh, it, or that's what it is. The, the pajama party, right? show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it was. The pajama party. Yeah, Dude, we, that's unbelievable. Was, unbelievable. So it's like, it's weird. In 2021, it's it sounds weird how excited people were to go to the Playboy Mansion. But I cannot, there wasn't a person I didn't meet who didn't want to end up there at a party. And I lucked out somehow and you get these instructions. Okay, you have to park in this at this office building in Century City, and then a beautiful bus is going to pick you up, and then they drive you in your pajamas, whatever you're wearing, uh, to the mansion. And if you let me tell you something, it was better than I even expected. It was oh my god! <laughs> yes. I mean, we it, could do an hour long podcast on this alone. I'm sure. Like it wasn't that warm out. There were people in the swimming pool. The guys and girls had barely any clothes on, frolicking under Perfect. the waterfall. You could feed grapes to the, he had pet monkeys down there. Oh he had a room God. for money. It was just like all carpet or mattress or something. Then there were pinball machines. Holy crap. It was awesome. <laughs> My God. God damn it, Stryker. So many stories of it being like a big piece of shit. <laughs> Striker was there on a good night, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, and then there's like Polly Shore and Bill Maher walking around, and like some like the fifth biggest star of uh, that uh, of the the lifeguard TV show. Why am I drawing a Baywatch blank? walking around? Baywatch is walking. Around. It, yeah, it was really really fun. Hasselhoff yeah. was there, blacked out, eating a cheeseburger in his shorts. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, oh my god, no, Dave. Who's on? Hasselhoff. Dave, who's on your list? Um, I got so I got two. Um. Soup season and Ooh. season as SZN. Soup se hashtag soup season. I made a delicious and it's almost done broccoli cheddar soup tonight. Mm -hmm. My key ingredient is just a dash of nutmeg. You wouldn't think that would mix well with the cheese. It is outstanding. say a dash of chewing tobacco because you had the Dude, I know. I, was say I, I mean, like, I dip way too much. Just a he's, like, of he, he's like grizzly wintergreen. You just, you just, you just, just put a little in there. sprinkle. Yeah. I got it. I'm it gives you a little buzz. It in my hand right now. Um, and then Dave Chappelle. I I love this motherfucker. I would go to war for 
this motherfucker. <laughs> and I don't agree with hardly anything he says, but his like his open and openness to wanting to have conversation is everything we need because there's just so much fuck you, fuck you finger pointing going on everywhere. And it's, it's tiring. Someone like him who, who is willing to fucking speak and speak openly and honestly, and uh, admit when he's incorrect. Like I love everything about him and there needs to be more people like him. He's one of those. He's about to go on a war path with this, with this, Shit the whole thing, yeah. The whole Bro, thing. He's one of those people who realizes his position as uncancelable, and he's using it to like say what he needs to say because right. there's so many people like Bill Burr is another well, guy way, like that. The way, like, the way Chappelle explains things, it's kind of hard to disagree with a lot of the shit he says. He's just like he, the way he explains it. You're like, that makes there's sense. there's some shit in that special that I even was like listening to, and I was like. I don't know if I 100% know what you're talking about here, but like the, the amazing thing that he does is he has the ability to tell stories, but use comedy as like yes, the vehicle. as the vehicle, right? No, like he's never there's. It's not punchline after punchline. It's I'm going to tell this 20 minute story and you're going to laugh the entire time. Don, really, Dante said it. Dante's become just this unbelievable writer. By the way, if you have a chance to read just about anything he writes, it's always a home run. And he wrote about Chappelle's special from last night in Nashville. And he described it best. He's like, he's a philosopher that uses comedy as a way to get his philosophies out to the world. And they are trying so hard to fucking cancel. He's like, I'll do this shit myself. Like, I'm canceled right now. That's why there's 20,000 fucking people here to see me. Yeah, sure thing, motherfuckers. Like, let's... Let's go. He's got his gloves up right now, and I can't wait to see what comes of it. I want to preface this by saying I agree, but... Dante's off my list and I'll get there and I'll explain why in a minute. But Ted, who's on your list? Oh, something. Okay. I was going to go with something off my list. So I'm going to something on my list. Something I like at this moment of my life is what I'm going to be giving you. Yes. Yep. Oh, okay. Um, this is so easy. <laughs> Mike Myers, the Halloween character. Oh, okay. we just had, uh, we just had John Carpenter on the yeah, podcast like two weeks ago. weeks ago. Oh my God. That's great. Yeah, yeah. Everywhere I look on Instagram is some sort of meme or gif with Mike Myers. And I'm not even remotely tired of it. Yeah. You can send, send me 50 of those a day with his jumpsuit on doing the little curl. Oh, it has pockets <laughs> or him like looking, looking behind the bush. I live about a mile from that house, actually, and about two miles from the Nightmare on Elm Street house out here. But Mike Myers, the character, is on my list right now. So Nightmare on Elm Street, that was written by Wes Craven, correct? Yes. That is correct. I shouldn't have asked. That's correct. (laughs) Uh, So Elm Street is Elm Street, Wheaton, Illinois, which is where I'm from. Wes Craven's from Wheaton. And when I remember when I was younger finding out that it wasn't filmed in Wheaton, I was like, I was offended by it because I, the whole time I thought it was like my hometown was Nightmare on Elm Street, but it's Bro, based on actual Elm Street, Wheaton, Illinois. That's, that's Rocky for me because like, like the scenes in Rocky, when he's running around the city, he runs to like 12 different neighborhoods that are nowhere near each other. So it's like, we're watching this movie. Like this guy just run like 78 miles in the morning. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, but Ted, I just want to, I want to say something to you. As you progress into the podcasting game, you need to, to just realize, wait for this to happen to you. So somebody screen grabs that conversation and says, on Ted Stryker's list this week is a murderer of women and children. Just wait for it. Wait for it one day. You will have somebody try and screen grab some shit and be like, yes, Ted Stryker supports murderers. <laughs> just, just wait for it, bro. 
Dave deals with this shit every day. This is what Dave deals with. Oh my god. Ah, that's uh, fine. It I will fun. keep my I'm not going to change my answer. Good, I my man. That's what I'm talking about. Mike Myers the character, <laughs> his outfit and his station wagon driving skills and the way he can jump from a second balcony down to the ground floor without even hurting his ankle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout the fuck out. Shout out John uh, Carpenter. I I grew up my parents had a station wagon. So Ooh. I love that. Yeah. There you go. I love that uh, my, little nod right there. My off the list is our co-host Dante for a very specific reason. This motherfucker got to be in the same room as Tim Tebow last night. Do you know how mad that makes me? I know Dave's rolling his eyes, but I am. I love Tim Tebow very no, dearly. I'm Florida, we love Tim Tebow. I know, and he'd see he, that's fine. That's allowed. It's the fact that we're talking about Tim. I just do not get it because he hasn't done anything for a decade. He's anything. a good guy. He's a good guy. Is he a There's lots of good guys though, out Dave? there. Dave, is he I, a good broadcaster? I think he is. Oh, he's fine. Yeah. In the broadcast booth. But, like, my whole thing was his, like, charade of playing professional baseball. He okay, was that's fair. horrifically bad. Hor- like, generationally bad at it. And he kept getting handed $100,000 a year salaries, which for a minor league baseball player, I, I know you guys don't call it. it. Like, those guys are packing eight guys into one bedroom apartments and they're like actually there to advance through systems and go make millions of dollars years and years down the road. He's just being handed it. And I don't like that. No, I don't listen, like luckily I don't, his college football career was so fucking phenomenal. It that was, it was magical about anything. I will never forget that third down slant against the Broncos in the playoffs. Never forget sure. it. But here's my point. I saw on Twitter that Dante was with Luke Bryan and fucking Tim Tebow while I was bartending a goddamn wedding. The, the <laughs> differentials in our lifestyle is startling. I was like, I texted him. I said, if you're really with Tim Tebow, you're fucking dead to me, dude. You're so, off the list is the fucking system. <laughs> it's the goddamn system. No, it shouts out Dante. Cause that's pretty goddamn cool. And it was for a good reason. It was for charity. Shouts out Tim Tebow. Please be my friend. Uh, Dave, who's off your list. Off my list is why did it go away? <laughs> um, Come back to me. Okay, Kenny, who's off your list? Motherfucking Christmas music. It's already oh, starting, dude. On. It's October 25th. I went into a Target today, and there's Christmas music playing. Mariah Carey's around the corner, fucking creeping, waiting to come out. I'm, oh, I'm already bummed. See, I, I, all right, my favorite move to pull is I'll play All I Want for Christmas is You in, like, July at a bar, and it usually makes people go wild. But come this time of year, you know, after Thanksgiving more, I get sick of that song more than anything I'm sick of on the planet. That shit slaps so hard. It's such a good song. It just slaps so hard. fucking played. Played. It doesn't matter. Dude, they used to play that at grade school dances for us in fucking like September. Like, and nobody cared. It's such a good song. Also, Mariah Carey makes like a hundred million a year off that fucking song. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's the worst song I hope I never hear it again the rest of my life. What's your Christmas song, Striker? Like, what's your favorite Christmas song? I like a nice Gene Autry singing of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. But I think that the killer's great big sled, while of course did not come out in the the, the 40s or 50s, is in the top three greatest holiday songs of all time. Great big sled. Joel the Lump of Coal, also a great killer's Christmas song. Definitely. I'm with you. Yeah. I I feel that. Uh, Dave, have you figured yours out yet? Yeah, um, the the stat, the maintenance guy in my building, he's a total <laughs> asshole. He's not neighborly at all. Like, I kind of like him because whenever I see him, he just, like, 
doesn't say a word to me and just keeps walking. But I would like to be able to bitch about him being overly nice to me, if that makes sense. Ah, uh, understood. Understood. Yeah. Like I would like him to start striking up conversation so I can think in my head, I really don't want to talk to this fucking guy right now. But he never does that, so it makes me hate him even more. You, this guy has you in a mental pretzel, bro. Yeah, he does. He's, he does. He's got you. He's got he you does. bad. He came into my apartment the other day because my sink was fucked up, and he was fixing it and didn't say a single fucking word. And I'm like, hey, asshole, I want to tell you I don't want to talk to you right now. That's kind of murdery, like to come in and not even be like, hey, what's up, Dave? What's going on? He just I had my up. eye on him. I had my eye on him. Fair enough. Uh, Striker, give me your off the list. Okay. Nothing drives me more crazy than fake fun. And we are right in the middle Ooh. of the season of fake fun. Pumpkin patches are off my list. I hate them. I don't know why these families go with their little kids just to get a picture on a 45-pound pumpkin and you walk through a maze. It's not fun. Parking is terrible. There's dust flying up everywhere. Pumpkin patches, fake fun, off my list. My dad refused to take us growing up. <laughs> I've, never, I, I've never carved a pumpkin before. Don't. It's, it's a bad time. Right. It it's is a bad fun. time. It's I do fun. like pumpkin seeds, though. I like. I like pumpkin seeds. I can go uh, fucking buy pumpkin seeds. I don't need to goop that shit out of a pumpkin, <laughs> bro. That is true. It, we, I was literally with friends last weekend, and they were like, "Yeah, we just carved these pumpkins." And I was sitting there, and I was like, I "Never did that before." My wife looked at me like, "What kind of fucked up ass backwards yeah, childhood did you have?" My wife still makes me carve pumpkins most years, but last year I had a genius idea. Light bulb. I just made the tiniest little happy face. <laughs> and I was done in like two minutes. I'm like, yo, done. Put a candle in it. Uh, yeah. So, Todd, I, I actually 100% appreciate that. Like, if you're going to get spooky, get spooky. Let's go get scared. I'm down with that. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, that's on the list, off the list. Before we get into our interview with Joe P, let's go through what the fuck we've been listening to. Kenny, why don't you start it off? What the fuck have you been listening to this week? Uh, I don't know much about this band, except they have a couple good songs that I've liked before. Uh, Jaguar Twin has a new song yeah. called Happy Face. That's actually really rad. I'm into it. The production's super tight, and the chorus is really, really hooky. Kind of one of those ones where you're like, I didn't think of that. Damn it. Text that yeah. to the group, por favor. Yes, sir. I actually yes, sir. got to listen to the shit you sent a couple days ago still, Dude, too. Listen to it. I, I sent him Rodriguez. Oh, man, that's one of the best records of all time. There you go. Boom. Dave, what the fuck have you been listening to? Um, I came home drunk last night. First of all, I found this new dive bar that I will be frequenting <laughs> all the time. Give me a shout out. Give me a shout out. It's called Streeter no, no, Street oh, Tavern. No, it's not a dive because they all show up. Ooh, it's a uh, good point. It was in a basement, concrete floors, uh, plastic cups. They had beer pong tables out. Uh, it was just a fucking blast. I had, I loved everything about it. Sounds Never like heard of it in my into life. Somebody's house, like you just walk into it, a. You, it was basically a basement party. Yes, in like every suburbia ever. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I came home. I drank way more than I expected to drink, and uh, I threw on. I don't know why. It actually just auto played. It was Alicia Keys and John Mayer at Times Square. Yeah. Uh, like 20 years ago. Doing gravity? And yeah, she was. he was doing gravity, and then she was um, If I Ain't Got You. And I've seen John Mayer a million times. I know Kenny fucking hates him. I'm sure Ted probably hates him at this point. I love John Mayer. And I get it, but I have never seen him getting dominated by someone that he was on stage with like he did. She stole the show, 
And I was like, holy fuck, is she unbelievable? She's real as fuck. She's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Just, the only thing that makes me sad, though, is like early Alicia Keys was so raw and the talent was just so there. And then, like, I've always said, like, Girl on Fire is my least favorite song of all time. But, like, after that, like, it's funny. Like, I really haven't thought about Alicia Keys in a while. But I haven't either. You, yeah. Every time you see her perform, it's like, holy shit, this is one of the most talented human beings on earth. So I She's love like, her. shut up and stare and listen to her yep. play good. 100%. One of my buddies is a co-writer on that Girl on Fire song, and he bought an apartment complex. Wow. <laughs> oh, I'm sure, yeah. I'm not hating on the monetary return. I just think it's a bad song, and that's okay. I've written plenty of bad songs, so I don't want to hear... I didn't get paid for those, so I don't want to fucking hear it. <laughs> Ted, what the fuck have you been listening to? Oh, man. Well, if you had asked me this question uh, nine to 13 days ago, I would have said every song that System of a Down has created... Because I went to Vegas to go see them play with Corn, oh, and that was my second coach. show in like two years, and it was. Were you in Jenkos? Like, did you wear Jenkos to the show? <laughs> no, no, I didn't wear Jenkos. I just had normal dorky host clothes on, but I, <laughs> and it was so fun. But this week, I have been listening to uh, this Tom Morello song with this artist called Grandson. Oh, we yeah. were talking about this. Yeah, oh, yeah, you yeah. did already. Oh, okay, all right, yeah. No, it, go into it. We didn't talk about it this week. Go into it. So obviously we know Tom Morello's history, but grandson who is, I would say is a younger artist, but he is someone who is not afraid to speak his mind and get mm -hmm. political. And it was grandson who reached out to Tom Morello a while ago to say, Hey, I'm a big fan. Maybe you can work on one of my songs called blood water. This was a while ago. Tom Morello liked this dude so much and it's got to just feel amazing for the young artist. Tom Morello said, Hey, why don't you come to my house? Let's make a song together and we're going to put it on my album. And uh, so there you go. Real one, dude. Also, by the way, if you want to get political, Tom Morello is probably the guy to go to. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, exactly. yeah. And, and I find it funny that people, I love, Dave, you talked about these tweets before where people tweeted Tom Morello and be like, when did you get so political? He's like, I was in a band called, called Rage, Rage Against, against the, machine. the Machine. You dumb fucks. <laughs> so yeah. shout out Tom Morello, dude. Real one. Well, oh, by the way, uh, the name of the song is called Hold the Line. Hold the That's Line. right. Yeah, Hold the Line. Yeah, hell yeah. Fuck yeah, absolutely. Uh, finally, to cap it off, dude, uh, we did the countdown last week on Green Room Picks of albums you can listen to straight through. And uh, one of your guys, Dave, Nate, retweeted it with a list of albums that he listens to or on, on repeat. And one of them, to me, I forgot it existed, was... Uh, Oh my god! Everything in Transit by Jack's Mannequin, which is like a weird oh, wow. emo pick. It's a great fucking album. Andrew McMahon is a genius. That guy uh, has transformed so many times and has always written incredible music. And he's a really sweet guy and super funny. Yeah. Dude, I, I I fell back in love with this album after seeing like Bruised is on that album, the mixtape. But La 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 is my favorite Jack's Mannequin song. He's a guy who writes these choruses that I go fuck you. I wish I wrote that. Yeah, like, every single time, dude. He's so talented. He's just handsome and his slacks playing piano, and you're like. God damn it. Who do you think you are, yeah. bro? Out here with a wonderful family and yeah, success awesome. and skill. Like, ew. No, I love I love him. I love his music and everything in transit. It's such a good goddamn album. So shouts out to Nate for referring that back to me because I I, I love I love like re-remembering oh, yeah. shit like that. Like finding an album you forgot about. Dude, like even that conversation we had, like so many of those albums that were mentioned, I forgot about. Like, not I forgot really, about that's but, why I'm always shazamming shit in the grocery store for because for some reason they're always playing the raddest music at the grocery store. I'm like, dude, grocery stores and commercials. A foreigner yeah. song, you're like, fuck yeah, dude. I was in I was in Acme today, and there was a Michael McDonald song playing, and I almost cried. I was like, this is so sick, dude. Yama Michael, uh, yeah, I'm about to blow this oh, fucking <laughs> store up. 
Air well, parts have picked up their music game a lot. It was supermarkets who were leading the way. You oh. would hear like lump from the president's United States of America. Yeah. I was in the Burbank airport. I was like, wait a minute. Are they playing Bush come down right now? <laughs> Into an Oasis song? What the hell is going on here? Yo, hell of a segue by Ted inadvertently because later this week, we're going to be doing another classic album breakdown with Robbie Fox. He's going to be coming on. We're going to be doing What's the Story, Morning Glory by Oasis. Good one. So I'm fucking pumped to get into that because I love that record. And they're having like a renaissance. Like Yeah, they are having a little bit of a renaissance, yeah. Dude, they're a great fucking band. And I, I want Liam Gallagher to come on this podcast. I want to find a way to weasel that in here just because yeah. I want to hear him talk shit. Come on, Kenny. He won't even show up to his own fucking concert. Kenny, crazy that. things have happened, bro. Ken, crazy things hey, have happened. Kenny. Get him. Kenny. Yes, sir. Liam Gallagher. Yeah, I got him. I'll hit him up. <laughs> there we go. That's what I'm talking about. I want to thank Ted Stryker for coming on this week. He's always welcome here. Thank Dude, you. so can you drop the the suit? Because tomorrow's guest is... Mike Shinoda. Mike Shinoda. Is there any... Because, I mean, it's hard to top what you have so far, but do you have Lincoln any... Lincoln like, Park, right? Yeah, yeah, Lincoln Park. Yeah, yeah. Lincoln Park, yeah. Do you have yeah. any crazy ones lined up? You don't even have to drop names, but just say whether or not it's a crazy name coming up. Yeah, I'd have... Um... I've got the front man of a band that first became popular in around 99 or 2000, heavy metal um, from Southern California. I'm racking my brain right now. Chad Kroger. No, no, no they're from Canada. <laughs> they're from Canada. I know. Oh, they're from Canada. No, 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 no. Nickelback's oh, from Canada. No. I was being wait, a smart ass. And then I've got a record label owner and he is a songwriter in one of the most, I believe, important punk rock bands in the history of all music, he's going to be joining me as well. I have guesses for both of these bands, but I'm not sure if I should even guess because I don't know if you could tell me. You can go ahead and guess. Is the first one Avenged Sevenfold? Okay, and is the second and is the second one? Uh, shit, what did you say about the second one again? He owns a record label and guitarist. Oh, it has to be Bad Religion. Damn, good job. Holy shit, Kenny. There was like zero details to work with there. How did you just pull those two like that I easily? I love music. I don't know. You know what I mean? Well, like, I understand that. But like, uh, I mean, a band from Southern California from 20 years ago is not exactly specific. That was like, that was like, 1999, heavy metal. There's not a lot of other ones. And then guitar player, punk rock, important, owns a record label. I mean, if you don't. That was like you were playing charades and he said, all right, first word. And Kenny was like, one, like password or the $100,000 pyramid. A thing, okay. Um, let's see. Brett Gerwitz, people in bad religion. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. Oh, by the way, those are fucking great guests. Yo, I, speaking everywhere. about that, uh, someone just said we got to play password or something. I want to put uh, Squid Game on the guest list real quick. I don't know. Have you guys watched it? Yes, I I've watched seen it every yet. episode. Yes. I loved it. I loved it. I know it was super fucking stupid, and but no, it wasn't. It was great. Everything it was, it was, was fucking perfect. stupid, but like I was, <laughs> it was wildly entertaining. I loved everything about it. I loved it. I would enter one. I have to do it, bro. I have to watch it. I don't have to do Squid Game because I kind of know the premise. Like I'm not going to go do that, but like I have to watch it. We I got shitty weather it. coming up in our parts of the world, Kenny or Colin. Yeah, just take a couple days and watch it. Watch it with the wife. It's. It's you will not stop until you're done. I busted out in two nights. Bro, speaking of your part of the world, though, I have to, the last season of Shameless just came on Netflix. I have to. I watch still it. have never seen a single second of that show, dude. It's such a good show. Everybody I mean, says that, yeah. It's falling apart a little bit when everybody started to leave and shit like that. But it's a it's an amazing show. It's an amazing show. I watched Shameless. Uh, 
waiting for Kenny to let me in his house one time in LA. I was sitting in the rental car watching Shameless on my phone. So we come full circle. Uh, but Ted, thank you again for coming thank on. Everybody go listen to, subscribe to Tuna on Toast. Please, thank you. He's absolutely smashing it. Uh, gentlemen, do you two have anything else for me today? Of course not. Absolutely not. You can fuck yourself. I love both of you dearly. Ted, we love you. We love Dante, even though he was off my list. We'll be back with an episode later this week to do What's the Story Morning Glory. But before we get out of here, let's go into our pick of the week. The one, the only, the newly Atlantic record signed, Joe P. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, for our pick of the week this week, we have a return. It's just like Stryker, because Ted Stryker is the other guest on this episode of the podcast. We have a returning guest. A man I hate for his talent. <laughs> he just dropped a new... Is it, it's technically an album, right, Joe? Yeah, I mean, pretty. It's enough songs to be one, right? Yeah, I guess He just so. dropped a new body of work called Emily Can't Sing. Please welcome motherfucking Joe P to the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, hello. Before we got on here, I actually just, I didn't say anything to Joe. He just came on and I said, you beautiful motherfucker, I hate you. <laughs> how, how, how are you? Like, how are things right now, Joe? I'm good, man. I'm just chilling. I'm just like getting on to the next songs, you know? It's time. Don't act like that. Don't act <laughs> like that. This shit is so good. And I just okay. want to start out by saying I'm sitting, I'm drinking coffee yesterday and I'm sitting there okay. and I'm scrolling through Instagram and I see a video. It's, it's the new single. It's, it's uh, fucking Crown Vic, the video. Okay. And yeah, I think yeah, it's yeah. from you, but it was from Atlantic Records. And I was like, what is this? What the fuck is going on? What is going on? What, what is this? I don't know. I don't know, man. It was, <laughs> yeah, I was getting like I today and yesterday. I started getting like ads for it on my phone, which is weird. I like I'm just like scrolling and all of a sudden it's like me, but like looks very like commercialized and whatever. And I'm like, holy shit, this is like, weird. <laughs> it's Bro, crazy. Our process because. I had you on the podcast, the old version of the podcast, like the week after yeah. Deal Casino was done. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then I had you on probably like five months ago to talk about right. your solo stuff starting up and how great I thought that was. And then yes. now I have you on and the record is dropped and everything's yeah. going haywire and I'm getting <laughs> ads from Atlantic Records. <laughs> how do you feel right now? Uh, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, I don't know. It's one of those things where, um, I feel like I always thought about this of like, Oh, I want to get signed. And this is what you think about whatever. And then it happens. And it's like, you think you're going to like be like going nuts and like running around, like racing up and down the streets. But, uh, I don't know. I was just like almost everyone else around me being like, Holy shit, this is crazy. Made me be like, Oh, okay. I just gotta like, write more songs what am i thinking like i just got 100 so it's kind of funny it's just like one of those things where it's like all right this is cool i'm excited it's great but i definitely nothing changes like you just gotta keep making songs so that's what i'm doing here this is how i know you're a real one because that's not fake what you said to me where i i was like what the fuck and you went i don't know i just gotta write more songs now that's how i know you're in this for the right reason because you could yeah. easily just like bask in this for a minute or two and be like <laughs> yeah i no. did that shit no I mean, uh, let's go back because we're we're gonna play Crown Vic. Is that cool? Like that's the song. Yeah, I yeah, put yeah. It Because it's 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 fuck. It's ignorantly outstanding. I just want to say that. <laughs> Thanks, By dude. the way, Thanks. Yellow Lights, the last song on the record. Yeah. How much Radiohead were you listening to the week before you recorded <laughs> that? Uh, I guess years worth. It was all my years worth of Radiohead into one, and I finally got to do it. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm gonna do my song. 
my Radiohead song, and that's going to be it. So that's it. Well, you did that <laughs> after a Zeppelin cover, which, by the way, yeah. uh, like, who does that? Who 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 deconstructs <laughs> Zeppelin? And I love the fact that you cut it. You you know, there's that long outro on going to yeah. California, and you were just yeah. like, cut it. And yeah. I was like, this guy has just got a set of nuts <laughs> on him, you know? I didn't know what to do. It was either that or I was going to, like, do uh, Heroes, actually, by David Bowie, and then... I just came across like that song popped on one day and I was like, oh, you know what? That would work better on like a piano or whatever. Mm. So I went for that. Have you ever heard the Peter Gabriel version of Heroes? Yes. That's what made me almost not want to do Heroes anymore. I heard that and I was like, yeah, I was like, all right, I don't, what I would want to achieve is like in this ballpark of like the dramatic thing and whatever. And I was like, no, I'm not going to do it. Like, let's change it up. (laughs) I respect that, dude. And I mean, you went for a, like a a beloved, like classic, like Zeppelin song and you did it justice, by the way, the vocal runs. What were you doing? (laughs) (laughs) Dude, I don't know. It was just like, everyone was out of the house for like a weekend. And I just like, my piano's upstairs and I had to like run a bunch of cables upstairs and whatever, run back and forth, hit record, run upstairs. And uh, yeah, it was just like, it started raining and shit. And I was just like, oh, this is great. And the room up there is like the ceilings are kind of high and it's all like, you know, like a living room, like wood floors and everything. So it's like echoey and it's fun to sing in. Um, so it just made me sing differently, I think. And it wasn't like headphones with like, you know, you're in the studio and it's soundproof, you know, it wasn't any of that. So it was better. Did you talk to your dog in the middle of the recording? Yeah. Yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah. So that's how you know that was like the 18th millionth take because I'm losing my mind. So yeah. Dude, I, 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 I can't <laughs> say enough good things. And anybody who asked me, when I say like what I've been listening to, there, there's a couple bands that I'm like that with where I know the people and like I consider yeah. them them friends. Like there's a band out of Nashville called Secret Club that nobody knows okay. about, but yeah. I I rave about because they're my buddies Nate and AJ and I just love them okay. to death. That's sick. But I was I've just been like when Off My Mind came out, I lost it. I'm pretty sure I just <laughs> texted you and just said fuck. You. I, I DM'd you and I was like fuck you, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah. I hate you. Uh, I love that. But. The, <laughs> There's just something so loose about it. Like there's something it's yeah. so genuinely you and like your vibe. Like even the the skit in it where you actually is your girlfriend, right? Like it, yeah. like you have her literally try and sing your song. She doesn't know the words, and then you just cut into the actual song. Like it's unfair though because it was that at that point that song was already like out and recorded and everything. Yeah. So the the thing I did with her was like way after, and I was like. This is just going to make the song sound better. So I'm just kind of using it. I but, could ask my wife to sing any of my songs. She'd be like, I don't know the words. You know that. <laughs> yeah. That's my favorite part of that whole skit is just like, I think people have this idea that like any like relationship where one person's a musician, it's like, oh my God, like, does Joe like sing songs to you when you go to sleep? And like, no. uh, and I was like, no, I don't want to hear. Like, are you Dude, kidding yes. me? Like, Dude. I always tell this story. My wife, my wife is sitting downstairs right now. Uh, the first like really big thing we ever did uh, was in like 2018. We opened for Bon Jovi at Wells Fargo Center. Yeah, yeah. And we came home after, and it was like five o'clock in the morning, and like there's like people passed down my living room, and like she like leans over to me while we're in bed, and she was like, "Hey," and I was like expecting like a wow, that was really amazing. She just said are you going to take out the fucking trash or what? Cause it's Wednesday. And I was like, I love that. that's the realest shit. Like I, that's and that's what, that's what you need. Cause someone's got to tether you to the earth in some capacity. Otherwise, that's we- why I always tell her not to come to shows. Like yep. I don't, I, anyone I know, I usually tell, I don't tell to come or like, Agreed. you know, you know, get your friends to come. Like, no, no, no. Nope. I don't want anyone I know because as soon as I look out in the audience, if I see one person, like I know now I'm like, I'm not able to fully be this other thing. I have to like, I'm aware they know who I really am yep. in that sense of like, they've talked to me and like they've, we've eaten like a burrito together. Yep. So it's like, you know, this is just like 
it's a different thing. So that's why going on tour is the greatest thing. It's like, you're totally free from that. And it's usually all people you don't know. Yeah. And it just feels like, oh, I can do anything. So it's like, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. Uh, it's like, we just, we're just announcing a Chicago show for December this week. And uh, I was talking to my wife and I was like, do you want to come? And she was like, am I going to have to like be there? Like, do I have to go backstage and stuff? And I was like, <laughs> I, I guess like we're going to be, and she was like, I'm all right. Like she's like, Chicago's <laughs> yeah. going to be, Chicago's going to be cold. And I don't want to just hang out in green yeah. rooms all day. That's no. the realest shit. I love that. I love that. I, whenever I see, like when you see bands and like, you know, typically it's a bunch of dudes and then like they have like a girlfriend or two with them and like the girlfriend that just like follows around the guy. I'm like, I, I would go insane. If I was that girl, I would go insane. I would go insane. And yeah. be like, this isn't fun. I hate this. It's not cool. You know, like, so well, I mean, I, I, but I don't know. It would be like if I went to my wife's job, like I went to her office job and I just yeah. followed her around. I feel like I, she would, first of all, it would annoy her. And second off, yeah. I'd be like feeling weird. Be out of place. <laughs> but I, the funny thing is in our band, it's Erica. Erica is yeah. our other vocalist and her boyfriend, Shane is actually our touring key player. So it's like, he's oh. the one who comes along, dude. Erica's oh, a G. Wow. That's sick. Uh, all right. That. So. Uh, one or two questions about the record and like listening to it. And like, I actually, this isn't even about the record. It's kind of just about like that passing of time that I talked about earlier in the podcast. Yeah. Cause as our podcast has grown and we've moved into doing what we do and you've just taken this entire different life on. Yeah. When the first time we had a conversation about this on the podcast, it was, you didn't know what was going to happen. You were like, I yeah. just kind of seeing what the fuck did you yeah. expect this in this quickly? No, no. I mean, that's what was weird. It, it's, I don't know, I guess what, it's been a year, I guess. Like year, all yeah. of co basically COVID, like COVID will always have a strange memory in my life from, from forever. Cause it'll be like the day I started this thing. And then like when it ended was like, Oh, like the record thing and whatever, you know? So, um, yeah, I don't know. I didn't expect anything. I just, you know, the TikTok bullshit, it was like, let me see what happens if I just sing in front of my phone, you know? So I don't know. It was almost like, like I was telling you probably in the beginning of when I first did a podcast with you when this all happened, like um, it felt like someone knocked over a sandcastle that you've been building for a very long time. And w the idea of starting over again was like stupid. So I was like, I'm not going to do the same things I used to do. And also you're like, not as into it. It's like, Oh, I got to do the sandcastle again. Yeah. So I think it, that weirdly enough made me almost like looser and more open to like, whatever the universe whatever people say uh as far as like things happening to me or whatever i was just more like oh yeah i'll do this oh yeah why not you know it was like i think it was i was i was like less trying to grab onto things and be like i know how to control this thing so let's do this it was much more just kind of like i have nothing to i have no idea so let's just do it all you know and like whatever happens you know so and it's worked thus far and i'm just gonna kind of keep doing that i think I think you know? it worked out all right. Uh, it's all right. I, I do think that you did something for me as well because I've been very, you know, I've been kissing your ass about the song Baby Teeth for years. <laughs> oh, yeah. And you Baby redid Teeth. it and it's awesome. God damn it, <laughs> Joe. Good. What Thanks, was it? Man. Why that song? I always wanted to record that song. I mean, I want to do it with a lot of the old songs. It's like, I don't know. Like, I just feel like 
like I said, it's the first time I've ever been able to fully do things and realize them on my own, like mm. record them on my own. I hear this in my head. Let's do it. Where like with the band, it was like, all right, everyone gets a say because we're a band. And then, oh, we go to a studio like that changes the vibe. Oh, now there's a producer and an engineer who isn't me and all these things. And oh, someone's mixing it and mastering it that I don't really like how they're doing it maybe. Or, oh, yeah. But I, but I can't really say anything because I don't know how to communicate to them. Hey, make this louder, make this quieter. So now I just feel like, I'm better at all of those things than I was. And um, that doing that song, I was like, I, I was like very like hesitant to do the older songs because I was like, ah, like I already did them. It's like going backwards, you know? But then I started playing them. And I'm like, no, like I'd feel like I never, it feels like a new song to me. Like I never actually, this is always how I, maybe I wanted it to be or whatever. So um, yeah, it was just fun to do. And then getting Mothica to sing like that second verse oh, and the so chorus good, and everything. Dude. Yeah, I, well, it was like perfect because I was like, it's all those weird things, dude, that you can't plan. It's like, I, in redoing the song, I was like sick of hearing it in my voice. So I was like, I wish someone else would just sing the second verse, which I wouldn't have done if I wrote that song today. I'd be like, no, 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 it's my song. Yeah. But because I was like, I already did this. Let me do something different. Well, I was already doing different things with the production. So like, why not do this? And I hit her up and I was like, hey, this would be so cool if you'd be into it. And she really liked that song from the deal casino yeah, yeah so i was like would you be down she's like yeah let's do it and she just sent me that like she you know she doesn't live nearby or anything so she was just sending that over and threw it in i sent it to the guy who mixes my stuff and that was it it was just like um and i got it back i was like yes yeah, this is what it needed oh my god <laughs> why this is the nerd thing this is a this is my my fucking pitch coming Love in here that. why did you change the key oh nice uh literally because i literally sat with an acoustic guitar when i decided to do this and was like Oh, maybe I'll, I could sing this a little higher. Oh, I can go one higher. And I kept putting the capo up and up and up a fret until I got to like the fourth fret, I think. And I was like, oh, this is making the energy better. And then like the drums, I made them like not muffled. Like they're all just like, yeah. And like, you know, everything's just like, I did notice that crazy. they're much livelier yeah. this time around. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. The snare drum was like ringing and like wide open. Like it's totally, totally different. I know. Like, and I'm going to let you get out of here in a minute because we're, we're going to play, we're going to play Crown Vic, but okay. I noticed that you have Joe playing live with you now. Yeah. <laughs> what has that been like to kind of like have got, cause I, once again, like I don't think anybody really knows like how things go their separate ways. Right. Like every band yeah. has their opposite things, but like, was that a thing where you hit him up and you're like, yo, I think it'd be pretty cool if you did this. Or was it just like a bro thing where it was just like, Hey, you want to come do this? Like, uh, I mean, it was like the band ended. He like was the first one to be like, I gotta leave the band, whatever. And um, so he did whatever. Um, but yeah, like his, his and I's relationship has always been cool ever since the band ended or whatever, because he's like very mature and very like when he makes a decision, he does it. He knows it's like his decision and his choice and whatever. So there's no like grudges or anything. There's never a grudge with him, which is the best thing ever, you know. So um, I hit him up eventually. I was like, hey, you want to like chill? And we hung out and didn't really we just talked about like what we're doing in life whatever and then the next day i hit him up like hey i got these shows coming up would you want to play like i didn't even think of it but like if you'd be down and he's like yeah like let's do it and then like he got super into it and like we went on this little tour and everything and it was so much fun and awesome and it was just like it was weird because it was like um without the band like thing over your brain it's like this weird thing it's like there's this weird like cage on you when you're in a band or in a project or whatever it is and you have a role whatever it is it's like it it makes it makes it different just in the sense of like 
the fact that he didn't have the pressure of like, I'm in the band and like, we're in this together, boys. Here we go. It was very just like, Hey, yeah. Like what are the notes? Like I'll figure it out, whatever. Yeah. And then in doing that, like, I think in doing that, he got like so much, uh, it was so much more fun for him, fun for me, fun for everyone. Cause it was like, it was, everything is finally how it was supposed to be. I think all along where it was like, I should have been the one that was able to say like, guys, I think we should play it like this. All right, cool, Joe. Like, let's try it out. Like you have a good mind for these things. Let's, let's go with that. You know, it's like, um, whereas with the band, it's like everyone kind of wants to be, or not even wants to be, but everyone feels like they have to be the quarterback in a oh, weird yeah. way or take turns being the quarterback, yep. which is not any good football team has never won that way. You know, like no one if does. You that. If you have five quarterbacks, you don't have a quarterback. Yeah. And it's like not, and that's the issue is though. And that's the deal with maturity and immaturity of like, when you start a band, you're usually a little kid. So you guys grow up, whatever. And usually in the time where bands get it or whatever, it's like, or when bands blow up, you're at this immature phase in your life as a human, where you say, you think things like that, where you're like, Oh, well, I kind of feel like I should get it. Like I didn't write that bass part. Like, can I write the bass part? It's like, you're the singer. You shouldn't be writing the drums, you know, whatever. But it's like, rather than be like, Hey, this is a good drum part. Um, I'll totally play it. Like, this is cool. Like, let me just change this up here. Oh, great. Yeah. Like there was, it wasn't, it wasn't like a, it was like a democracy, but in a forced way where it was yeah. like, there's no point for us all to be putting input in on this thing. Like if it's good, just go, let's just keep moving here. Like everyone's doing the right thing. Like, you know, I always say that if the 30 year old Colin today met 25 year old Colin, yeah, I'd kick the shit out of me because I oh. was such a megalomaniac. I was like, yeah. I am, I am the, I am the genius songwriter of this band. Everyone bowed down to me. And the moment when I knew things were going the right direction was when Erica, as I mentioned earlier in the band, yeah, this was like maybe like six months ago, like tugged on my shirt. We were working on something brand new. I just bought to the band, and she like pulled me over and she was like, "This is mine." And I was like, "Okay, yeah." yeah. And then yeah. once again, twenty five year old Colin would have been like, "What do you mean it's yours?" Yeah. and yeah. 30 year old column was like, no, you're right. This is definitely yours. Like, it, yeah. like I always say, dude, she's a Lamborghini and I am like a pickup truck. I am sturdy <laughs> and I get the job done, but she so has something special. You know yes. what I mean? Yeah. I can write those songs and I'll be the one to do all the business bullshit on the back end. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. She is special. So like, yeah. I, it's amazing. Like we got to this point where like, we're both kind of yeah. sitting here in different circumstances being like, maybe we grew up. Maybe that's what it yeah. is. I think that's all it is. It's just like, you know, you just literally learn you have perspective on things. And like when you try to control everything and like as singers, lead singers and whatever front men, whatever it is, Douche do, bags. yep. As that is a thing, it's like you think you're like being a hard worker or you think you're being inspirational or you think you're leading very well, but you're not the best way to lead. And that's what I learned in this recent thing I did with like, uh, Josie came and Tony, who did all the videos ever for anything you've ever seen. So good, dude. Yeah, he's the man. He's so good. And I was like, you want to play bass? Like, and he's like, yeah, I'll figure it out. Let's go. And and like in doing this like process, it was so like, because it's like just my thing, my name and everything. Mm. We'd get to the place where I'm like, yo, like, I don't want, I didn't want anyone to feel like they had to do stuff the way you do in a band where it's like everyone unloads gear, everyone deals with this help me with merch it was like no 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 like in my head i was like no no joe like you need to realize that like this is your thing like you're not in a band anymore you don't get to have that like thing where everyone is equal and helps out so but in doing that everyone did help out and everyone did do so much stuff 
without having to say anything or do anything because like people wanted to in the sense of like they felt good putting because it's like if you make someone do something they will never like doing that thing but if you just walk away and then you say like rather than say like guys it's 4 a.m i'm still wide awake let's keep working when everyone's falling asleep you guys aren't working hard enough that is that is all bullshit you have to be more like just do your thing just work it's four in the morning keep going maybe then one person or all of them or whoever is around you might go like oh wow look he's like damn he's really into this sorry maybe i should like let me see that is a way better outcome it's the same thing in both scenarios the person works harder or does whatever with you but there's way more longevity to it and you're gonna get way more quality out of the situation where the person's doing it for themselves like you're on that tour because you want to be there not because like oh, you have have to to be there i'm the bassist yeah whatever like no just just everything should be because you want to do it on your own and then when you do that it's so much more fulfilling for each individual person that of course like you know and it's just like one of those things where like you think it's that's why when we're at our like most immature like little kids we're like oh watch me play the one player video game yep and it's like wait why would you ever do that that person doesn't want to sit there and watch you but you're like no no like i want to win this like situation i'm going to win yep. like against my friend and it's like no, 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 that doesn't, why would you not think, when you really think in more in terms of like, how can I include, how can I, yes. you know, inspire someone to want to do something on their own or whatever that is, your outcome is so much better because, you know, you didn't actually do anything. Your leading is doing nothing, really. <laughs> Joe, I love you. I want you to know that. I really do, bro. <laughs> I, I, I feel like Kenny always does this on the podcast where he'll like talk to the person that we're talking to and be like, let me yeah. tell you 18 reasons why I love you. <laughs> I just do. I, I don't know what it is about your music, man. And I've, I've, I've been singing the praises and I will continue to sing Thanks, the praises. Man. But more than anything, I actually have a proposition that I want to talk to you about when we're done this. Just Ooh. a piece of content that could be fun. Uh, and Ooh. I'll get it. We'll, we'll talk about that offline because I don't want to spoil anything. But okay. either way, okay. everybody, please go stream Emily Can't Sing, the new fucking record from Joe P. <laughs> we're going to play uh, Crown Vic. Anything you want to say before you get out of here, Joe? Uh, I'm playing November 30th in Brooklyn at Baby's All Right. Well, we're going to have to have somebody there. Uh, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll take through. care of that. Fuck yeah, dude. Hell yeah. I am proud of you. I love you dearly. And this <laughs> Thanks, is Crown Vic. I love you too. Thank Bye, you. Joe P. See you, man.
surprise. 